what's happening in the world coming up on NTD News. First, our top stories. Trump on trial in Manhattan for alleged fraud and his real estate empire is at stake. The former president gave his response ahead of the hearing. COVID cases not disclosed to the public. The CDC didn't disclose over a quarter million cases of COVID-19 to the American public. Find out why. New York's governor says the southern border is too open. Governor Kathy Hochul is now calling for more limitations. Cubans say necessity is driving them to accept Russia's offer of $2,000 to join the military in Ukraine. We hear from them about the recruitment drive. And Miss NTD 2023 has been crowned. Our reporters spoke to the winner and the runners-up. Find out who took home the title. Welcome to NTD News Today. I'm Chris Beers. Our top news, Trump's civil fraud trial is underway in a New York City courtroom. New York Attorney General Letitia James accused the former president of inflating the value of his assets to get better loan and insurance rates. Trump spoke to reporters before entering the building earlier this morning. The banks got back their money. Again, there was never a default. There was never a problem. Everything was perfect. There was no crime. The crime is against me because we have a corrupt district attorney, but we have a corrupt attorney general, and it all comes down from the DOJ that totally coordinated this in Washington because I'm leading, I'm the leading candidate, I'm leading Biden by 10 points, and I'm leading the Republicans by 50 or 60 points. I don't think the people of this country are going to stand for it. If I weren't leading in all the polls, or if I weren't running, I wouldn't have any of these cases. I wouldn't be seeing you this morning. But I'll be seeing a lot of you because this is a horrible thing that's happening to our country and we've got to get it straightened away. Cameras were allowed briefly inside the courtroom before Judge Arthur Engeron ruled against them. The trial comes one week after the judge found Trump liable for fraud. The attorney general alleged he manipulated data for financial gains. She's seeking at least $250 million in fines, a permanent ban against Trump and his sons from running businesses in New York, plus a five-year restriction on real estate dealings by the Trump organization. The trial today will determine the amount of damages owed. My message is simple. No matter how powerful you are, no matter how much money you think you may have, no one is above the law. Judge Engeron expects the trial to last until December 22nd. According to a court filing in an unrelated case, the former president plans to attend the first week of trial. A spokesman said he is expected to testify later in the case. Could we see a major independent presidential candidate this election cycle? Robert F. Kennedy Jr., currently a Democratic candidate, is anticipated to leave the party. Epic Times reporter Jeff Lauterbach has been traveling with Kennedy's campaign. Let's hear from him about this potential election shakeup. Jeff Lauterbach, thank you for joining us. Democratic presidential candidate Robert F. Kennedy Jr. says he'll make a big announcement at an event on October 9th. What are we expecting he'll say there? Well, it's believed that he's going to make the much-anticipated announcement that he's going to run as an independent or a third-party candidate. We don't know uh, which one it is, but it's expected it'll be one of those 
choices. And that's because he's had issues with the Democratic National Committee making it difficult for anyone but Joe Biden to get support during the uh, Democratic primary process. And earlier we were talking about the likelihood of him actually declaring that he's going to run as an independent or a third party candidate. How likely do you think it is that he's going to make this announcement? Well, I, I would be willing to say it's 99.9%. Uh, .9%. So uh, I'm a big sports fan and you all, you all know uh, when, if you're a sports fan that you, there's nothing, there's never a certainty when, when you make a prediction, but uh, I do believe that it's pretty obvious he's gonna run as an independent or a third party candidate. And that would give him an extra year. It's, uh, what is it, uh, today is October 2nd or 3rd. I'm on the road and I can't keep track of the date, but uh, I know it's October 2nd or 3rd, and that gives him 13 months to get out there and campaign and get his name known. All right, so maybe we have a 0.1% chance he won't run. Now, in the previous interviews that we've had, um, you've, you said you encountered all kinds of Trump supporters at Kennedy's campaign events. Um, if he runs as an independent, which it sounds like, again, he's likely to do, um, how would this affect the presidential nominee for the uh, Republican Party or for the Democratic Party? Well, that's fascinating because um, a poll that was released this morning that uh, the American Values uh, 2024 PAC, which is supporting uh, RFK Jr., talked to me on Friday, I believe it was, and said this poll was coming out today that will show that uh, RFK Jr., if he runs as an independent, will start out at 19 percent compared to President Biden and President Trump at 37 or 38 percent. And that's fascinating because that he, again, he, he still is not widely known. RFK Jr. is still, people don't know, they know his name, but they don't know his platform. And he's already polling at 19%. Uh, this according to Zogby International. Now this move, this potential move by Kennedy is pretty interesting. You know, during an interview with the Epoch Times, he said uh, back in August, I'm a Democrat. The Democratic Party has lost its way and I want it to return to its traditional ideals. Given that, why do you think he's considering running as an independent? Well, yeah, he told me that, uh, he, and he, he said that multiple times, but he told me that in Columbia, South Carolina. I had a one-hour, one-on-one interview with him during a town hall tour then, and I asked him back then, would you run as an independent? Would you run as a third party? Would you run as, or would you serve as Trump's running mate? And his answer was, I'm a Democrat. And that, he said that uh, he wanted to restore what his dad, Robert F. Kennedy, was trying to do and what his uncle, John F. Kennedy, did and was still trying to do. So he wanted to return the Democratic Party to the way it was back in the 60s. But as time went on, you could tell his messaging was changing because of the issues with the DNC. They just were, are making it extremely difficult for anyone but uh, Joe Biden to get the nomination. All right, Epic Times reporter Jeff Lauterbach, thank you very much. Thank you. Over a quarter million undisclosed COVID cases, the CDC didn't disclose a huge number of COVID-19 cases in vaccinated individuals. 
The agency says the people in question couldn't officially be considered fully vaccinated. The Epic Times received documents through a Freedom of Information Act request. The documents show the CDC didn't disclose over 270,000 COVID cases in recently vaccinated individuals in 2021. The CDC describes someone as fully vaccinated only 14 days after receiving all related shots. The agency says the cases weren't disclosed as vaccine breakthrough cases because 14 days hadn't passed since they completed a primary series of shots. A major federal agency could be found unconstitutional. The Supreme Court will hear a case challenging the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau this week. The CFPB was established in 2011 in response to the financial crisis of 2008. It regulates consumer financial products such as credit cards, mortgages, and car loans. Democrats say it serves as a check on corporate power. The CFPB is unique because the president can't fire the head of the agency at will. Republicans argue that makes it too insulated from political accountability. They also assert that funding for the agency violates the Constitution's separation of powers. The specific case is about a CFPB rule that stops lenders from drawing money from borrowers when the bank accounts have insufficient funds. When we come back, a church in Texas has a workaround for a law banning gender-altering surgeries for minders. We hear the latest on the battle over transgenderism unfolding in Texas. And Costco announcing a trade-in program. If you have some old electronics lying around, you may be interested. More in just a moment here on NTD News Today. Welcome back. New York's governor says the southern border is too open. Governor Kathy Hochul made the remarks while on CBS yesterday calling for limits on who can come. Watch. Well, we want them to have a limit on who can come across the border. It is too open right now. Uh, people coming from all over the world. Congress has to put more controls at the border and not in this budget threat, shutdown right. threat. Talk about eliminating positions for border patrol when we actually need to double or quadruple those numbers. Hochul says it seems most immigrants coming to the U.S. end up in New York. However, according to her, the state has reached its limit. She's calling on immigrants to choose a different destination. Some New York Republicans responded to the governor's remarks. They say Democrat policies in the state are the reason why immigrants choose to go there. Cornell University is preparing to pay a $3 million settlement over a COVID lockdown. The university charged full tuition while making students attend class remotely. Three students brought a lawsuit in April 2020 after Cornell shut down its campus. Cornell denies all allegations of wrongdoing. The university said on March 5, 2020 that COVID would not impact its day-to-day -day operations, but it stopped holding in-person classes a week later. Cornell also forced students living on campus to leave their residences. The suit argues tuition payers were deprived of the education Cornell advertised. Churches across the country are conducting programs in support of the transgender movement, including for minors. Let's hear from Epic Times reporter Darlene Sanchez about the latest examples of this in Texas. 
Darlene Sanchez, thank you for joining us. As you know, a Texas church launched a grant program for transgender children. Tell us about this. Yes, hi, Chris. Thank you for having me uh, today. This church is in Fort Worth. It's called the Galileo Church, and it's basically a program. They set up a nonprofit to where people who feel that they need to get transgender services, um, minors, um, can apply for a travel grant out of the state of Texas to get these procedures. So uh, it's something new, and of course, this is in response to a Texas law that was recently passed saying that you know transgender procedures for minors are now illegal here in Texas. And what kind of procedures are these youth getting? Well, it normally starts out with, um, you know, uh, hormone blockers uh, and then cross-sex hormones, which means they give you the opposite type of hormone uh, that your body would normally get. And then that could eventually lead to surgery, uh, particularly in young ladies, um, you know, 15-year-old teens, um, they might go in and have, uh, you know, mastectomies. That seems to be pretty popular uh, with these confused uh, teens at this point, unfortunately. And some of these teens grow up and they become adults and they regret the decisions that they made. Um, tell us what they're saying about these procedures. You know, it's devastating for them. It really is. I, you know, I, I've spoken to several of them. Um, Chloe Cole, for example, um, you know, she's testified, um, you know, at various state houses um, and talked about this and what this did to her. And I believe she has a lawsuit pending as well against the medical uh, professionals that that did this, basically. So what happens is they'll go in there and they'll start on the hormones. Then they get to, you know, usually young teenage age, but it could be even younger, unfortunately. And they say, you know, I... I'm dissatisfied with my body. I really want to be, in her case, I want to be a male. And they'll do, you know, they'll just do a double mastectomy. And it's ruined her life, she says, because now, you know, she will never be able to, she's worried that she can't have children um, at all because of all this, you know, the, the cross-sex hormones. And, of course, you know, it denies her the ability to, you know, be able to have a child and experience something like breastfeeding with her own child. So it is devastating for her. Now, Darlene, the church we're talking about here belongs to a denomination called the Christian Church. How common is backing of transgenderism in this denomination? Well, this one is um, Disciples of Christ. Um, and I know that here in Texas, there are other churches like this. Um, there was one in Katy, uh, Texas, the same denomination. And um, they're very LGBT-friendly, um, uh, just like this church. And they had like a, a drag show uh, that, you know, family, quote, family-friendly drag show. Um, and a lot of uh, conservatives and Christians showed up to protest that drag show. This was last year. Um, and the proceeds from that were going to be um, given to their transgender, you know, clothing um, center, basically, to give to, to young adults and teens and, and children if they wanted them. All right, Epic Times reporter Darlene Sanchez, thank you very much. Thank you. Costco announced a trade-in program that might interest you. The membership-only retail store will give you free groceries in exchange for your old electronics. With us live is NTD Business's Don Ma. Don, how do I get free groceries from Costco? 
Yeah, so Chris, uh, first of all, you got to trade in your electronics, uh, for example, smartphones, tablets, laptops, gaming consoles. So here's how it works, actually. You have to go to their uh, Trade Up program website, uh, then find the item you want to trade in, and you'll receive an offer based on condition and market value of this item. Uh, if you agree to the offer, you'll be able to print out a free shipping label and after Costco receives and inspects your item uh, it will issue a Costco card for the agreed upon trade-in amount um, though I have to tell you Chris there are some restrictions to this uh, damaged or non-functional items won't be, won't be accepted uh, some devices may have uh, particular trade-in requirements like minimum storage capacity so you got to check the site's criteria for your device before trying to trade uh, you'll receive after you trade it you'll receive a credit for your traded in electronics and the credit will be good for in-store or online purchases and you can get free groceries or anything else you want nice who is costco's trade-up program aimed at yeah, good question. I think uh, this program is really for those who have accumulated a lot of old electronics over the years and uh, they're not using them anymore. It's just taking up space in their homes. I think for these people, right, uh, the Costco Trade Up program provides a solution to, you know, declutter and depose, dispose of unwanted stuff. And it allows you to make the most out of, out of the devices that would otherwise just be collecting dust. Uh, the credit can be used for purchases at Costco, both uh, in-store and online, as I mentioned earlier. You know, some people have a lot of old electronics. They might be eating free for maybe the next year or so. Uh, <laughs> do you have to be a Costco member to participate? Yeah, you have to be a member, though if you're not, don't worry, uh, because uh, several retailers also off offer similar services. Uh, that's like... Target, uh, Best Buy, GameStop, uh, they also have trade-in programs that let uh, customers exchange old electronics for store credit. Uh, these programs follow a similar procedure as well. And will you be taking advantage of this trade-up program, Don? You know, I don't have a lot of old electronics sitting around, and uh, the ones that I do have, I'm still using, so maybe it's not for me, Chris. All right. Thank you, Don. Thank you. And if you have any news tips or feedback for the show, don't hesitate to email us at news.today at ntd.com. Coming up, Slovakia's former prime minister won the parliamentary elections. He campaigned on closing the country's borders to illegal immigrants, as well as not giving military aid to Ukraine. And Ukraine reacts to Slovakia's election results and to America's stopgap funding bill, which doesn't include military aid for Ukraine. That more when we return. Now some short headlines from Asia. The first high-speed railroad in Southeast Asia was inaugurated in Indonesia. The railway connects the capital Jakarta with an economic hub in West Java province. China largely funded the project as part of the Belt and Road Initiative. Indonesia's President Joko Widodo said the high-speed railway will drastically reduce travel time between the two key cities. 
The project hit several snags during its development, including delays and increasing costs, leading some to doubt its commercial benefits. The over $7 billion project was constructed in a joint venture between four state-owned Indonesian companies and China Railway International. Widodo took a 25-minute test ride on the 220-mile-per-hour train on September 13th. He told reporters he felt comfortable sitting or walking inside the bullet train, even at top speeds. For two weeks leading up to the inauguration, the project's sponsors ran a free-of-charge public trial. And a protest in Taiwan where Hong Kong democracy activists spoke out against Beijing's influence on global democracies. The demonstration took place on the Chinese Communist Party's National Day, October 1st. Some protesters broke wood panels with communist logos. Fight for freedom! Stand with Taiwan! The Captain Sparta outfit was also used during the 2019 protests in Hong Kong. At that time, Beijing began a suppression campaign in Hong Kong, leading many pro-democracy activists to flee and live in exile. Over to northern Thailand, a devastating flood has affected 2,000 homes. That was after embankments along the Yom River burst as a result of heavy rains. Residents called the flood the worst they have ever experienced. Locals and officials tried to minimize the damage by filling sandbags to weigh houses down. Thailand's prime minister directed agencies to help the region and also warned of more rainfall nearby in the coming days. Four people had been arrested in the killing of two students in northeastern India. The Indian military and Police joined efforts in the operation. The tragedy reignited ethnic tension in the area and sparked widespread protests. Some regions are under an indefinite curfew after 80 people were injured in one protest last week. Using the internet, there is also banned until this Friday. Bangladesh is seeing its worst outbreak of dengue fever on record. Health officials announced that more than 1,000 people have died of the disease since the beginning of the year. That's out of more than 200,000 confirmed cases. The number of deaths is four times the whole of 2022. Authorities say most of these year, this year's cases have come from remote areas. Dengue is transmitted through mosquitoes and there's no specific treatment for it. The U.S. is saying goodbye to its pandas. And with them, Beijing's panda diplomacy. Washington, D.C.'s National Zoo is home to three of the iconic black and white bears. But the current trio has one-way tickets back to China. NTD's Tiffany Meyer has more. The zoo's three-year deal with China's wildlife agency expires in December. And despite caring for the species for the past 50 years, it hasn't been able to renew. Zoos in Atlanta, San Diego, and Memphis also look after the bamboo lovers. But all three will return their bears, or already have, by late 2024. Their departure plays into China's unique panda policy. Zoos outside the country aren't allowed full guardianship. They can only borrow the animals in exchange for hundreds of thousands of dollars yearly. Historically, Beijing has used the agreements as a kind of cultural diplomacy, offering up panda contracts to friendly countries or to gain favor with others. Both the U.S. and China say the animals stay separate from politics. 
But as U.S.-China relations continue to sour over issues like trade, a military communication cutoff, intellectual property theft, and fears over an invasion of Taiwan, it seems unlikely America will get more pandas anytime soon. Cuba says it's arrested almost 20 people involved in human trafficking ring. The operation allegedly recruited Cubans to fight for Russia and Ukraine. NTD's Andrew Thomas has more on the island nation and its longtime ally. Cuban seamstress Yamidli Cervantes has a new sewing machine, plus a refrigerator and a cell phone, all on Russia's dime. Her husband, Enrique Gonzalez, left their home July 19th to fight for the Russian army in Ukraine. Days later, he wired her part of his $2,000 signing bonus, a huge sum for the average Cuban. I am going to say that necessity is what is driving this. If we weren't so much in need, I am sure these men wouldn't have gone. So you work and work and work. My husband worked alone without any assistance because he used to say I work in bricklaying alone because I would rather give you the money. A woman who identifies herself as Diana recruited at least 14 men from the Havana area. Activity began weeks after Russian President Vladimir Putin announced citizenship for foreign fighters. Johan Viondi said he knew about 100 men recruited for the Russian war effort since June. The recruiter told me, give me photographs of your passport. I sent them and she sent me a one-minute audio, and she told me, during these days, we will tell you when your flight is. She never replied to me. Cuba is mired in its worst economic crisis in decades. Long lines for essentials like food, fuel, and health care are spurring an exodus of Cubans to the U.S., Latin America, and Europe. Because here, you have to work hard to get things done, and you face 25,000 barriers here. For this reason, everybody said, I choose this so that I don't die of hunger in Cuba. They perfectly knew where they were going. I perfectly knew where I was going, too. Cuban authorities announced human trafficking ring arrests in September. The government added that it's illegal for its citizens to serve with a foreign army, punishable by life in prison. But officials have sent mixed messages about fighting for Russia. Andrew Thomas, NTD News. And now some headlines from Europe. First in Slovakia, a pro-Russian politician won the country's parliamentary elections. Robert Fico pledged during the campaign to end military aid to Ukraine. Meanwhile, the country's opposition party says it will still try to form a coalition. Let me repeat it. Our stance on Ukraine is precisely formulated. Our positions remain unchanged. When it comes to our statements before the parliamentary elections, I want to remind you that Slovakia has different problems than Ukraine. Realistically, there are two options at, you know, at the table. One is a government led by Mr. Fico, and the other one uh, is a coalition made up of progressive Slovakia and, and, and other partners. Fico is now set to start coalition talks to form a government. The new government is likely to join Hungary in opposing the European Union's military aid for Ukraine. Fico also said Slovakia needs to restart border controls with Hungary to stem the flow of illegal immigrants. Meanwhile, European Union foreign ministers met in Kyiv in a show of support for Ukraine on Monday. This marked their first ever meeting outside the Union. Ukraine's top diplomat said at the meeting that Washington's support for Kyiv was not weakening. He played down the significance of a stopgap funding bill passed by Congress that left out aid to Ukraine.
against the background of a potential shutdown in the United States. The decision was taken as it was, uh, but we are now working with both sides of the Congress to make sure that uh, it does not repeat again. He further said the latest stopgap bill was just an incident rather than something systematic. U.S. and other Western military assistance has been vital for Ukraine. Ukraine's top diplomat on Monday said they'll have to wait and see how Slovakia's elections will affect Ukraine. And 13 people are dead in Spain after a fire at a nightclub. The incident took place yesterday in Murcia, located in southeast Spain. The collapse of the nightclub's roof made it challenging to locate victims. Authorities said it's difficult to pinpoint where the fire started and that identifying bodies will take time. The Austrian home where Adolf Hitler was born is being turned into a police station. A survey concluded that only 6% of Austrians were in favor of the plan. Some citizens thought they had been excluded from the debate. The entire discussion about this use has been going on for four to five years, but never with the involvement of the people of Brana. It has only ever been in Vienna, in the ministries, and not a single event, not an information evening on this topic in Brana. It's the result of years of debate about how to prevent the house from becoming a pilgrimage site for neo-Nazis. Construction for the new police station began today. Still to come, Miss NTD 2023 has been crowned. Find out which of the 32 candidates brought home the title and a cash prize of $10,000. A century's lost masterpiece discovered in a King's collection. Our reporter has more on the work by one of the most famous 17th century female painters. More shortly here on NTD News Today. Welcome back. If you're just joining us now, here are some of today's top headlines. Trump appeared in court in New York today, one week after a judge found him liable for inflating his assets for financial gains. The former president said there was no crime. The judge will decide how much he will pay in damages. Documents show the CDC didn't disclose over 270,000 COVID cases in 2021. The cases applied to recently vaccinated individuals. The agency didn't categorize them as breakthrough cases because the 14 days after vaccination hadn't passed. New York Governor Kathy Hochul says the southern border is too open. The governor is now calling for limits on who enters the country and for Border Patrol to double or quadruple. Cuba says it's arrested 17 people involved in recruiting Cubans to fight for Russia in Ukraine. Locals say at least 100 men have signed up for the $2,000 bonus. The first Miss NTD has been crowned. After rounds of selection and a search around the globe, our network discovered that one true beauty, excelling not only in appearance, but also inner virtues. NTD's Arlene Richards has the latest details. At NTD's global Chinese beauty pageant on Saturday night, the big moment that all have been waiting for. 
the winner of Miss NTD 2023 is... Number 11, my goal is to uphold their universal rights through government advocacy and awareness campaigns. Why host a beauty pageant now? The event aims to drive a return to pure beauty, one that's inseparable from inner values. So contestants were judged on both appearance and the five virtues of morality, righteousness, propriety, benevolence, and faithfulness. What I love about this beauty pageant is that NTD focused on traditional women values and Chinese values, which I think is so important. Contestants presented a number of performances from classical Chinese dance, flute, and the arhu, a classical Chinese instrument. Following a demonstration of grace in evening gowns, top finalists shared their understanding of true beauty. I believe that the sincere act of putting others first will allow the goodness that people will recognize as beauty shine forth in a person. Third runner-up, Fiona G, shared what impact she would bring to the world. I am a scholar of languages because I wish to use my skills to share the beauty of true traditional Chinese culture with the hearts of the world's people. Thank you, everyone. Merci, gracias, and vielen Dank. First runner-up, Vicky Zhao, also won the Best Dancer Award, while the Best in Fitness Award went to Bell Mung, the second runner-up. For all of us, it was an amazing learning opportunity, not just about broadcast, not just about what a beauty contestant is, but how traditional Chinese women should be and how those values can be embodied in us and how it shows through our actions towards each other as well as our you know, what messages we send out to the world. Ms. Sun said she joined the pageant because she was intrigued by its mission to revive and rejoice in traditional values. I think um, the, the true beauty, me personally think, is a manifestation of human nature. Like the very original human nature is very pure. They just really come from inside and they just naturally spread to the outside. My understanding, I think inner beauty is divine. Like inner beauty, like also outside of beauty, it's we divine from the God. Looking past the outer appearance and getting to that true inner beauty isn't easy. But this pageant helped the judges gain a deeper understanding. I think what we're trying to do here is find positive role models by bringing back traditional values. Um, which has kind of been the foundation of a healthy society for millennia, like generations and generations. So, you know, if we can get back to that, then I think there will be a, a shift in, in the way that society works, which currently isn't really working so well, in my opinion, these days. Judge Gabriel Giorgio said he appreciated the pageant's focus on inner beauty. I love the idea of uh, this pageant being very different, being, you know, having the inner beauty as well as the outer beauty, especially the inner beauty uh, component of uh, traditional values, uh, morality, 
and uh, benevolence and uh, all these beautiful virtues. The first ever competition was only open to women of at least one-third Chinese descent. Judge Shou-Yen Liu said this is what future contestants can look forward to. Through this process, they can find themselves. And whether they win or not, it doesn't really matter. They have this beautiful experience and they build some great relationship and some professional um, presence on stage. So I think that's what you get out of it. If you're inspired to join the pageant next year, Judge Allison Chen gives this advice. We want to see how they weave these traditional values into their daily lives because it's not just about that one moment on stage when you're crowned the queen or you're crowned Miss NTD. It's really about can you translate these values into something that you can um, do in your daily life because that's really um, the essence of what we're trying to do here. NTD gives special thanks to all of our contestants for helping to make this a memorable evening. Reporting from Purchase, New York, Arlene Richards, NTD News. A rare masterpiece painting has been rediscovered in the collection of King Charles III after it was lost for hundreds of years. Conservationists have now spent five years restoring the work by a 17th century painter. A lost masterpiece found. This is Susanna and the Elders by Artemisia Gentileschi. The painting was part of the collection of Charles I, the English monarch, who championed this 17th-century Italian female artist. It's recorded in a number of different inventories since that time, but during the 18th century, at some point, it lost its attribution to Artemisia Gentileschi. It was also heavily discoloured by historic conservation treatments and discoloured varnish. It was only when curators carried out research into Charles I's collection and read references to the painting in historical documents that they realised they had something special on their hands. The newly rediscovered painting sits alongside a self-portrait by the artist. Artemisia Gentileschi was one of the most important artists of the 17th century and what made her so unusual is that she was a woman working in a very male-dominated artistic world. The story behind the painting is from the Bible. Two elderly men are spying on a young woman named Susanna while bathing. They attempt to entrap her for sex. When she refuses, she is put on trial for adultery. Susanna was eventually vindicated. The interesting link here is perhaps with Artemisia's own experience. She was raped at the age of 17 by another artist working in her father's studio, and she was also put um, in the witness box and tortured to prove that she was telling the truth that she was actually raped. So it seems to have held a particular relevance to Artemisia. Conservators have spent the last five years restoring this painting to its former glory. They removed centuries of surface dirt, old varnish and layers of paint that were not original. There was also damage to repair. It was almost impossible to see the original paint. It was so covered in very yellow, obscuring varnish and you could see that there was an awful lot of overpaint. There were also some significant findings during the restoration. One of the most important moments was when the historic lining, so a backing canvas that had been applied, the back of the picture was removed as part of this conservation treatment and it revealed the CR brand, the Charles I brand that marked it out as being in his collection. The painting is now hanging in the galleries of Windsor Castle.
On this episode of Strong Mind and Body, we're going to look at the best way to kickstart your day to keep your blood sugar under control. Here's Gina Marie. Breakfast is an energy source to kickstart the day. Numerous studies have highlighted its importance for overall health. However, with the trend of intermittent fasting, breakfasts often get skipped. But this doesn't work for everyone, and some even consider it harmful to health. Regarding the necessity of breakfast, it should be tailored to one's lifestyle. Here are four categories of people who should prioritize having breakfast. Number one, early risers. Those who wake up around 5 to 6 a.m. and delay their first meal until noon should establish a breakfast routine. Number two, laborers. Individuals who are engaged in physically demanding work early in the day require breakfast. This supports their overall performance. Number three, professionals. People engaged in mentally demanding tasks benefit from an energy-rich breakfast. This fuels brain function and enhances mood. Number four, diabetes patients. Those on insulin injections or blood sugar-lowering medications may easily develop hypoglycemia if they skip breakfast. But in general, most individuals benefit from breakfast as it fuels your day with energy. So what should you eat to help your brain be more alert and productive at work? Aim for a high-protein, low-carb breakfast. Increase the proportion of protein-rich foods such as eggs, milk, soy milk, and meats. Refined carbs cause a rapid increase in blood sugar. They promote serotonin release and induce drowsiness. Aim for fiber-rich complex carbohydrates such as sweet potatoes, yams, brown rice, and oats. Oats are a great breakfast choice, but aim for plain oats over quick oats. Although convenient, quick oats can cause rapid blood sugar spikes. Other breakfast ideas include nuts, fish, vegetables, Greek yogurt, chia seeds, cottage cheese, cheese and soaked beans, sprouts or legumes. And that's all for today's news. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Chris Beers. 